Hello, and welcome to the Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James, and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where he's been trying to figure out exactly how many power bands he can bring on web slingers at a time. The man, the myth, legend, Henry Hall. Hey, everybody. Every other week, we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news happenings and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. But before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. So, Henry, long time no talk, man. Well, had a little, I had a little life get in the way last uh, episode here, as it tends to. But, man, it's been a little while since we've had a chance to to chop it up about theme park stuff. Yeah, and a lot of stuff has been going on lately. My God, dude, it uh, it's it's been crazy to just try to keep track of everything, and with just how fast it's moving, how much late breaking news there is. There's updates in terms of like health and safety policies. Uh, there are new lands opening. I mean, you know. I, I really want to talk about this Avengers campus that's going on at Disneyland right now. It's like 48 hours old uh, at this point. So we're going to talk about that. I, I definitely want to talk about all of these changes that have been going on specifically at Disneyland. because That is our home park, of course. Uh, and there's just been so much going on. Tons of updates. Tons of, uh, you know, new rides coming online. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. Definitely want to touch upon that. But first, before we even get into all of our home park stuff and all the excitement that's going on there, let's just briefly touch upon what's, uh, this news blast that came out of Disney world for this after hours boo bash. So that this is one of these things that we've been waiting for any kind of updates around, right? Like we knew that there was something that was in the works going on? Was it going to be a, you know, Mickey's not so scary Halloween party? Was it going to be an after hours thing? We we had already gotten the news that it was an after hours event. We had a, a few of these sparse kind of details that were going around previously, but we have dates. And, and I think most interestingly, we have, uh, you know, details in terms of the hours, but specifically we have prices, man. And this is not going to be a cheap event. No, no, no. Oh, man. I think I, I think there was some hope, right? Knowing that this was going to be, would you say that would 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 you say that it's safe to refer to this as kind of like a scaled down Halloween event? Uh to some degree. I mean, it it sounding it sounded a lot like kind of the regular event, but I don't, you know, I can't say like um like. Looking at the stuff that's going on, I mean, they're this definitely still scaled down. It's not not totally the same event, but it. I think they they even try to like differentiate the two by naming it something else. So it's obviously not the full event, um, but you know, there's still kind of like questions on this uh, this event but definitely they, <laughs> while it it may be a scaled down event they did not scale down that price whatsoever oh my it is so it just just so that everyone is on the same page like b buckle up here so uh you know we've got these dates sporadic dates again it, it seems like halloween at uh, disney park seems to get earlier and earlier in the year i remember when 
like late August was like, whoa, we're, 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 this is like summer. We're celebrating Halloween, but we're now starting August 10th is the first night of, uh, the Disney after hours boo bash going all the way until Halloween, of course. But for tickets, uh, that are in August or September, anywhere from 129 to 139, uh, and then for October nights, 159 to 169. And then on Halloween itself, uh, that is the 199 banger right there. So you're dropping 200 basically mm-hmm. per tickets for per person for a ticket. Uh, the other kind of crazy thing about this is that basically it starts at nine o'clock and you'll be able to, they're starting to let you in basically uh, to Magic Kingdom. If you don't have a reservation, you're not not already in that park. You can enter in at seven. So basically it's nine. The event is nine till midnight. And uh, so, which is like a shorter event traditionally than than it's been, right? So as you pointed out, Definitely differentiating this from uh, the normal Mickey's Not-So-Scary Party. Uh, Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So it's like, you know, I think... So I I actually looked this up. Uh, For 2019, which was the, you know, the last Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party at the Magic Kingdom, prices started at... uh, Prices started at $79, and I didn't get, they're not, they don't say exactly how far it scaled up. I want to say it was like 120, 130, something like that, maybe a little bit more, but still like that is, that is 130 is where the after hours boo bash starts. Uh, and uh, previously in 2019 and at other not so scary Halloween parties, I want to say that like they let you into Magic Kingdom at like 4 p.m. <laughs> that you could start uh, enjoying the park. And I, the, the party started at what, like 7 PM, something like that. Yeah. So uh, definitely scaled back, not just in terms of what the, what the event is, but like how long it is. And then we're paying either at like at best, exactly the same at worst, like maybe, maybe more than twice as much, man. (laughs) It's this kind of boggled my mind. I, I don't know if you had a similar reaction. I was, I mean, I guess, I wasn't surprised. I was not surprised at it. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, I think I wasn't surprised. I was, I was kind of disappointed, but <laughs> I was not surprised. <laughs> Hard to be surprised about an upcharge from Disney these days, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of one of the, it's more disappointing because like it, it, they definitely aren't, you know, doing themselves any favors in this situation. But I mean, I guess people, they figure people are willing to spend it. Um, but you know, right now it's not sounding like a great deal. I mean, <laughs> you no, know. yeah, definitely not. That being said, we're, we're definitely going. <laughs> we're absolutely, yeah. we're definitely going while we're there. But uh, yeah, I agree, man. It's, you know, the lead up from the opening, uh, kind of at least on the uh, on the side of Disney World in Florida, you know, they opened in July in the middle of still a pandemic going on, uh, and they have basically remained open ever since. But obviously, it's been a scaled down experience that everyone's been having that is that has visited so far, 
And so, of course, the narrative has been built up of like, oh, you're paying full price for, uh, you know, a reduced experience. That is like factually true, right? <laughs> and yeah. I think it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, you kind of go in knowing that. Like they're obviously not uh they're not trying to hide anything here. It's it's very clear, like, hey, uh, A, we're at a reduced capacity. So it's not like it's not like we could host the full crowd uh that, you know, would be there before. But for those that are, you know, uh accepting the fact that they're basically paying for a reduced experience just to get the privilege, if you will, of enjoying that Disney magic. I mean, it, it, you're kind of like, okay, I get it. It's, it's, you know, everyone's going in eyes wide open. And this is one of these examples, at least, like I said, and, and again, I'm going, so whatever. I mean, yeah, take that for what you will, but it is one of these experiences where it's like, it's hard to defend <laughs> Disney too much in this. Because it really is like, hey man, whoa! Like this really is a pared down experience for uh, for what we're getting and and what we're paying. And you know, they of course could have charged the exact same amount. And I think you could still maybe have a little bit of a complaint in that you're saying, well, you're charging me for uh, the same thing for a pared down experience, which kind of is what they've been doing, at least when we're talking about park admission up until this point, but this is like, at least in terms of the first kind of um, gate entry price, this seems like the first major increase. Like this isn't even, again, this isn't even a small increase. This is, if you were to go peak to peak, you're talking almost like, whoa, like a, a almost a double increase in the, uh, in the overall costs. It, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow. And I, I think this is one of these instances where like, yeah, man, I, I think the criticism is totally valid here of, of, uh, of Disney, maybe pushing it a little bit too far. But that being said, like, yeah, like, of course people are going to go. This is, this being an after hours event, there's going to be uh, an even smaller group of people than would be at a Mickey's not so scary. So you're, you're, you're paying for the privilege again, not just going to Disney world and magic kingdom, but you're paying for the privilege of enjoying the magic kingdom with like very few people uh, and having access to, you know, most of the park. Yeah. And I think one of the things that they've been trying to push, like, you know, point out to people is that, yeah, these rides that are normally super hard to get on, you're going to have access to them with fewer people. So you're going to be able to ride, you know, all these rides like easier. So it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you're, you're definitely going to be paying for that, you know, yeah. access. I mean, if you break it down, you know, like, uh, the pricing of that, you know, that's it's pretty expensive. If you break, you know, per ticket on a, uh, you know, it's what, $40 per hour or something like that. So no, it's more than that. <laughs> So I mean, again, de depending on uh, if you're, depending how you're looking at it. Yeah. Are you yeah. talking about from seven? Are you talking about on Halloween? Are you talking about, but yeah, it's, it, you're totally right. It, it It's pretty high when you're, when you break it down by hour, even if you maximize it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, and, you know, given I really enjoy their Halloween, you know, uh, after hour events and stuff, 
But it's <laughs> one of those things is like, hey, you'll be able to eat these, try these treats that are, you know, you'll be able to spend more money. <laughs> you know, it's kind of right. like, ah. But, but complimentary uh, soft drinks and specialty ice cream, which basically means like Mickey-shaped ice cream bars, which, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm good for one or two complimentary uh, ice cream sandwiches or ice cream bars. Yeah, I'm good for maybe one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, well, it's like if nothing else, it uh, it's just like what you and I were talking about right before we uh, started recording, where it's like it puts the pressure on us more than ever to to really maximize our time here, right? It's like yeah. Now that now that we have now that we're spending X amount of dollars per hour to your point, and we have fewer hours to to make use of that time, it's like we'd better get there at seven o'clock, <laughs> right? Yeah. We'd better uh, stay until midnight, and we'd better you know not not uh, not be too relaxed about the affair. Like if there are certain things that we want to do, or certain like specialty treats that we want to eat or, uh, you know, photo ops or anything like that, like we'd better hustle and get it done. Yeah. I mean, 20 year old me would be also maximizing how many like, uh, ice cream treats I could have. I would have as many, I would eat all the, (laughs) like, I would actually figure out exactly how many I need to eat to like make up some money in that, (laughs) that time frame. (laughs) but yeah i'm not gonna do that anymore i can't do that anymore (laughs) well right instead what we're doing is we're maximizing by you know going in extremely elaborate halloween costumes right henry like we have we've already been kind of going through various different options in terms of like you know what like a three person like amazing halloween kind of just like collaboration can be and uh i I've been loving the ideas that you've been coming up with. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, it'll be interesting to see how many people are going to be in costume for that. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I know, again, like uh, maybe if, maybe it's one of those things where if it was a little more leisurely, then yeah, you, you, you'd consider that. But man, like I said, it's, it's, uh, they're, you know, they're going to have attractions out. They're going to have cavalcades. They're going to have specialty treats. They're going to have photo ops. They're going to have all of these kinds of like very specific, you know, uh, but probably some kind of castle light show or something like that. So it is like, it's a lot to try to fit into a very small amount of time. So yeah, we're just, it's, it's, it's a major planning is going to be required, which I know we're up to the task, but it's sort of like, you know, it, again, not exactly what you're hoping for, for uh, something that you're paying, you know, another, you know, 130 plus on top of uh, whatever you're already paying to go to the park. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's, it's kind of, um, you know, you really have to plan for it. But one of those things that uh, they, you know, they like to point out is like, hey, you know, we're going to have all these like cavalcades and these light shows and stuff. But also one of those things that, you know, a lot of like the tips you hear about is like, don't go to those because, you know, you should be going on rides instead. So it will be up to us to kind of figure out what exactly we want to like check out and make sure that we, we get that stuff, you know, done and get our, you know, specific treats that we want to 
try while they while we had that time because uh you know you don't want to waste those precious three hours you know to uh you know something that you know you don't really want to that you could do you know on a regular day so yeah i just want it all henry is that too much to ask for (laughs) yeah just want it all yeah do too (laughs) (laughs) well you know last time we talked uh we were still in the I, i think everyone was still basking in the glow of Disneyland's reopening, right? And we were talking about how uh, how just few people were there and everything was a walk-on and, you know, it was just tons of food available and people were able to just put in those mobile orders with, 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 without too much trouble. And uh, yeah, everything was just great. Everything, everybody was just super, super pumped about things. Well, things have changed a little bit at Disneyland, as things tend to do. Again, it's it's been a it's been a hot second since you and I have uh, have have uh, have kind of caught up with with everything that's been going on at Disneyland. But just to briefly kind of recap these these few changes that have some have occurred and some have already uh, been announced to to happen soon. So we already know that we've had that capacity increase. It's gone from. 25% to 35%. And uh, the way that everything is still structured, basically everyone's still queuing outside, right? Uh, and again, there's like very few spots for sit-down restaurants, so everyone is having to mobile order. Uh, that increase by 10% was felt pretty heavily. <laughs> it sounds like, I mean, I've heard uh, uh, just stories of people saying like, oftentimes it feels like just sort of like a normal, typical Disneyland day, not a day where there's 65% uh, people that, that aren't even allowed in uh, just because of everyone outside. Everyone's in those areas. There are queue lines stretching throughout, uh, you know, uh, throughout the lands across the River of America and and all of that. So that is definitely being felt. Uh, and then we also have hours being extended for both parks on July uh, on July 1st. So actually, hold on. Let me, before we do that. The other big thing too that's coming up here uh, next week on the 15th of June, Disneyland announced that they're going to start welcoming in out-of-state guests. So yeah. it, everything we've heard, capacity still staying at 35%. I mean, they haven't been very clear in terms of... Uh, I'm sure purposely when they've had uh, when they've had increases in terms of capacity, both at Disney World, Disneyland, there's not a big announcement or something like that. People just feel it when you're there. So yeah. we'll see if they increase capacity with that. Um, but yeah, there's going to be more people that are able to to come to Disneyland from other areas of the country. Um, we have hours that are being extended, which should help things maybe a little bit on July 1st. So for Disneyland, it's getting an hour uh, added on both the opening and the closing. So it'll go to opening at 8 a.m., closing at 10 p.m. DCA is getting an hour added at the opening. So that'll also open at 8, but that'll close at 9 p.m., which is when it's currently closing right now. We have Matterhorn bobsleds that are coming out of refurbishment. I know you're excited about that one, Henry. (laughs) 
also on the second, Disneyland Hotel is reopening, uh, which of course included, includes Trader Sam's uh, Enchanted Tiki Bar, which is always good times there. Interesting announcement that they made for people going to Disneyland Hotel uh, that they're actually going to have a delivery service for uh, for downtown Disney restaurants. So if you are staying at the Disneyland Hotel, you can just ring up this delivery service. They will deliver your food right to the lobby where you can pick it up. I thought, I thought that's pretty cool. That makes a lot of sense. That's pretty cool. But, <coughs> you know, one thing I was like, you know, a lot of people are assuming that because on uh, June 15th, you know, California is supposed to open up, the, the state's supposed to fully open up and and the parks can go to like 100% capacity. Uh, a lot of people are expecting that Disneyland's going to go to 100% capacity. But I don't know if that's actually going to happen at that time just because, you know, if you're going to go from going from 35% to 100%, it's a pretty big jump and you have to have enough people uh you know, run in the, in the park, you know, working in the park to handle all that extra capacity. I don't think it's going to be a, a, just a flip of the switch. I don't think that's going to happen on June 15th. Uh, I think it's going to be a gradual uh, rise in, in the capacity, you know, as they work towards a hundred percent, especially considering, uh, I, I don't know if a lot of people are aware, but you know, there's a lot of people like still not working and there's a lot of openings uh, at various like jobs and stuff. So there's been a difficult time for hiring people. So we'll see if Disney actually can bring in a hundred percent capacity on June 15th, but I highly doubt it. Yeah, I, I, totally. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be shocked if that's the case, if only because listen, man, if there was anywhere, that they were going to open it up to 100% capacity, it would be in Orlando, Florida right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that state is wide open, man. So, uh, yeah, the, the fact that they, I believe, are still at, I don't know, they're still at under 50% capacity at Disney World suggests mm-hmm. that, yeah, they're being very cautious in terms of how they're opening. And yet, to your point, like, uh, you know, we could, w- with this, with this increase in capacity that they've recently had, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like it's, they're struggling to try to keep up with um, just a lot of, just a lot more people being there. And you're right. Like staffing is a big part of that. Um, And it doesn't sound like there's been any announcement in terms of bringing back massive amounts of staff. So, um, so yeah, I have to imagine that, yeah, they're going to slowly, ramp up and at least get you, you would hope that they would at least get comfortable at 35% before they would start really ramping it up significantly past that. I mean, you know, the, the big thing that um that I'm sure you've heard as well, but I hear from most people that have biz- that have visited so far, at least since this increase, is that uh the food situation specifically with mobile order is a mess. It's a total mess where, you know, your, your best bet if you want to guarantee that you're going to get food just not only when you want it, but just that you're not going to end the day hungry is to immediately place your food mobile orders for the day, right? When you show up at the park, 
Like yeah. at 9 a.m. when you're rolling in those gates, start just already know what you're going to eat throughout the day. And every couple hours, just have some new food item somewhere else. Uh, because there's been a lot of people saying like, hey, at like 5 p.m., there is no more uh, Dole Whip. Or there were people saying like, there are no churros today. Yeah. <laughs> like churros sell out at like 10 a.m. or whatever, right? Fill in the blank. Uh, so it's just, yeah, it's sounding like a total mess because of that. So one would hope that that's something that they that they figure out <laughs> before uh, before they start bringing in more people. I mean, how does Disneyland or, I mean, guess Disney Park sell out of churros? Yeah. I mean, come on, man. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, that's like a staple of of Disneyland of the Disney experience, and then you're going to sell out of them. Uh, but yeah, yeah the uh, mobile order has been just a a cluster. I mean, it's just been you know the idea that like at nine in the morning, eight in the morning, I guess now when uh, the hours change, you're going to have an idea of what you're going to eat exactly when you're going to eat. And even then you may not, uh, I think I've been watching some of the stuff for, uh, Avengers campus, the openings and, uh, and yeah, oh, yeah. people, people have been like, Oh yeah. Um, like it, we're here at 9 AM and the mobile ordering is just a mess already. Oh and yeah. We're, we're definitely going to, we're definitely going to get into all of that when we, uh, when we <laughs> chop up Avengers campus. Yeah. That has been, that has been like a unique kind of cluster in and of itself. But yeah, yeah it's like, it's, it's a symptom of just, yeah, the, this larger problem for sure. It's nuts. I mean, I'm sure you already have an idea. That being said, like I'm sure you already have an idea how how many turkey legs and pickles you're going to consume throughout the day and when you would like to consume them. Like I'm sure you already have that in your head for your upcoming trip. Is that is that incorrect? That is incorrect. Well, I mean, I only ever get one turkey leg in a day and that's usually on the on the way out. I, I take it home just so that I avoid the mess of of the turkey lake and can enjoy it appropriately but uh not safe for public viewing is what you're saying yes you know <laughs> when i get in escort it, you out if they uh if they saw you eating in public <laughs> well i mean you gotta like really like if i'm gonna enjoy it i'm gonna enjoy it i'm not gonna you know i don't want to be like having to like restrain myself because i'm in <laughs> i'm in public you know <laughs> But at the same time, I don't want innocent bystanders getting like the turkey, turkey leg grease all over them. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not safe for child viewing. I I hear you. (laughs) I understand. I, I, I I get what you're putting down, Henry. Um, Yeah. Like that. So that uh, mobile ordering for sure is something that, uh, that they got to figure out. Even just like the, so the, um, we haven't, we haven't talked about this at all because this happened when uh this happened a few weeks ago but um or this happens in between the last time that we talked but you know they uh with this next round of restaurant openings that they had the the table service restaurant openings so they had uh, blue bayou open they had uh, the alfresco dining terrace open um i was like there you know i was there at 
7.30 waiting, and I got put into that, uh, the, uh, the just purgatory queue, <laughs> where you're just like, with the, uh, with the, with the never stopping Big Thunder Mountain Railroad that, uh, that just tells you to keep waiting indefinitely. And, uh, and of course, by the time that my queue number was called, like, everything was already gone. I had no, uh, alfresco options on the day that I was in California Adventure. I had no Blue Bayou options on the day when I was in Disneyland. I was hoping that maybe some of the people that had, uh, you know, booked at Cafe Orleans had decided to move over to Blue Bayou and that would open up some space, but there was nothing there. So, I mean, it is like next to impossible to try to figure out and, and book and, and, you know, uh, a plan around just a table service reservations because, you know, if you don't immediately snap it up, it's it's gone. Good luck. So that's also something that needs to change because, man, it is just like it, it, it's just crazy to think about, you know, the fact that you just can't can't plan for that. I guess they do have uh, uh, you can put your name on kind of like a virtual sort of wait list that you can do kind of in the moment. But again, man, those are gone quick. So it's just it, the idea of you kind of um, just very casually walking around Disneyland and and just kind of impulsively hopping into a ride line and then hopping out of that and then kind of, uh, you know, going over and getting some some Bengal barbecue or maybe a, a, a week or two in advance, maybe even like a month or two in advance, getting a table service reservation. It's just not realistic right now. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it just seems like, uh, yeah, man, they just need to do something. They need to figure things out because this is just, I mean, I hopefully what I am hoping is, is that uh, come uh, June 15th that they finally open up like uh, you can actually just go up to the window and order <laughs> your food instead of everything being mobile order. Um, yeah, I think mobile order is is the problem that they need to kind of like they need to figure out, and I think you need to have the window service like open up, and maybe that'll alleviate some of the stuff because you know there's no way you can increase capacity with the way uh, the situation is now. I mean, you're just talking about like uh, multiplying the problems you have right now. Like, I don't know how many fold it will, you know, depending on wh how much they increase the capacity by, but that's just going to be, it's just going to make everything worse. So you're talking yeah. about people having an even worse experience than they are having now. And it's sounding like it's pretty bad right now as far as the food situation and, and that's money for them. So, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I, right, exactly. I hear people going and they're talking about instead of ordering food because of the situation, they're just going to bring in their own food, period. I'll tell you, Henry, I'll, you, you know where I can guarantee that you'll find a tasty bite. All Star Burger, my friend. <laughs> no. They'll do All you right. Although I was a bit disappointed to find out that despite Pizzatarian being uh, closed down, All Star Burger is still in, in business. Oh, yeah. They're lifers, man. They're not going anywhere. They're going to be around longer than we are. I don't know. Maybe they Our, have some uh, kind of illicit deal that keeps them open. Uh, 
Oh man. Well, <laughs> all right. Let, let's just let that one lie then. <laughs> man, allegedly, I don't, I don't want, I don't want, uh, I don't want to accuse anyone of anything. Anyway, <laughs> we also have just a couple other little news bits here. Uh, the new and improved Jungle Cruise is reopening at Disneyland July 16th uh, for Disney World. It's like sometime in the summer. It's just, it's it's a window. Uh, of course, it's been closed at Disneyland since it's been open, since the park's been open. Disney World, they're still operating the Jungle Cruise and just kind of incrementally closing aspects of it off and updating it behind Scrim. So, whatever. Uh, but that, if nothing else, like a couple of these rides being open, right? Matterhorn being open, Jungle Cruise being open, uh, that will uh, just give more things for people to do. So maybe lighten up some of these larger queues that are starting to fill up and some of these areas of the park that are starting to fill up. So that, uh, that'll be nice. And then, uh, yeah, who knows, man? The, the other big question that I have is, is, you know, are we going to see either on the 15th or soon after, I, I would be surprised if by the 15th, this is the case, but, but, uh, are we going to see, you know, f- some kind of change in the face mask policy, either, uh, you know, outdoors, which is similar to what we've seen at Disney world, right? They've basically said, Hey, uh, for outdoor guests, no longer need masks. Uh, universal in Orlando has basically said, Hey, if you're vaccinated, masks are completely optional right now. So you're welcome to roll around Universal Orlando with zero mask, which is feels uh, feels strange. But uh, but that's what that's how they're doing it. So you know, it, it, could we see something similar at least with that outdoor policy at Disneyland soon? I, I don't know. I think so. I I think we'll see something similar to like outdoors. They may even take it a, a step further. Um, but you know, I mean that whole, like, uh, you know, you know, honor system (laughs) universals is like, eh, but I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to like, you know, you know, it's easy to kind of like, just, you know, I mean, it's just difficult, so difficult to enforce it as far as like, you know, you have to have a vaccination card and that just makes it, you know so difficult to like enforce you know certain things on it it's just easier to open it up and then just hope for the best but uh, i think that means you know people need to be mindful if you're going to go to these places you probably want to be vaccinated at that point or else you're putting your health at risk yeah true story definitely true um especially important in a place like you know California. I mean, you know, we're, we've been talking about Florida as well, how they've uh, been you know, wide open, at least in terms of their uh, in terms of their policies towards, you know, COVID. But um, but they're, they're kind of like completely two separate sides of the coin between Florida and California, right? Where these two Disney parks and Universal parks, at least here in the States, are uh, are located where it's just kind of like, you know, you have California, which is probably on the more stringent side, definitely on the more stringent side. And you have Florida, which is much more on the lack side. So, um, so interesting to see Disney kind of straddle that line uh, with their park. So yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I, I agree. I think especially as we start getting into July, August, we'll, we'll most likely see some changes. Um, the the other thing that's worth discussing and kind of uh, kind of dissecting a little bit 
is, you know, the, the park pass system itself and just what we're seeing with virtual queues right now. Again, this is something we lightly touched on last time as we saw Disneyland open. Since then, we've had Bob Chapik, CEO of the Walt Disney Company. He's basically confirmed that both of these things, virtual queues and park pass reservations, are, are they're both here to stay. They're permanent, right? We've seen this suggestion that, hey, um, I think this was uh, Josh D'Amato, who's the, the head honcho of Disney Parks. He was basically saying, hey, uh, you know, we've been pretty happy with these systems before. We see them sticking around for some time. We didn't know quite what he was talking about. What does some time mean? But Chapek is saying, hey, by some time, we mean they're they're just going to be part of the Disney process right now. So you're no longer going to be able to just be like, hey, uh, you know, I want to roll into Disney World today or Disney, you know, Disney California Adventure today. Uh, just on a whim, you have to be like, is there a park reservation? <clears throat> so that's that's for, you know, park reservation side of things. Uh, you know, the the other side of things is this virtual queue system, which uh, which, of course, you know, yeah, we saw with Rise of the Resistance. Uh, you you were pretty confident. You came right out and said, and it made total sense at the time, that for sure Spider-Man, you know, web slingers of Spider-Man adventure, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, at Avengers Campus will have a virtual queue. You called that. You were 100% correct. But we've also seen it spring up for, you know, the Indiana Jones adventure over in Disneyland. And it's been interesting not just to see two different rides in two different parks between Web Slingers and um, Rise of the Resistance, both of those virtual queues operating at once. But then you have this weird wild card going on with uh, with Indiana Jones, and you're starting to see these policies show up of like, hey, you can have an Indiana Jones and Rise of the Resistance boarding pass at the same time. But you can't have a Rise of the Resistance and a Web Slingers boarding pass at the same time. So if you've got a you've got a park hopper for that day and you've got a web slingers uh, morning reservation, don't even bother trying to get a rise of the resistance reservation at 12 PM in that second slot because you won't be allowed to. Uh, and so, it, and with the indie, we've seen uh, with the indie ride, we've seen other weird stuff where, you know, basically, if you miss out on those virtual queue reservations early enough in the day, the the possibility arises of like, you're not going to ride Indiana Jones, <laughs> a ride that's been there for over 20 years, you know, uh, just because of the weird queue arrangement that, that's going on at the time. I imagine once like indoor queues are allowed again uh, and, and, and Jungle Cruise is open, That'll probably alleviate that, right? Once they can start utilizing that indoor queue. But still, it's like if we're going to start seeing more of these virtual queues, which I assume we are, of course, like if it's a, if it's a permanent thing, chances are we're going to see just more instances of this occur, whether they're brand new rides or whatever. Um, it's like wild to think that you could be in a situation where it's like, yeah, either maybe you only ride Indy once or you don't ride it at all. Uh, and you all of a sudden have like multiple rides that you have to be vying for and deciding between it. For me, it just feels like a very different kind of reality than what we've been living in with uh, with these Disney parks before, right? 
Yeah. And I'm not too sure about like the rise of the resistance and uh, web slingers. I think the thing is, is that you can't have the two at the same time. But if I think if you've ridden it, ridden the web slingers, you can get rise of the resistance after that. I'm not too sure though. I mean, I know you can't have them at the same time, but I don't know if you can't, if you did, you did one in the day, you can't do the other one at all. Um, that's true though. Just, just to quickly interject here, you, you know, you're, that's hundred percent correct. So that, that's, uh, I misspoke at least when, when talking about that, that being said, you're, you're talking about technically in reality, unless you're in like the first 10 boarding groups of either of those rides, especially rise yeah. of the resistance, man, it, 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 the chances of you having been through that ride and using your boarding pass by the time that noon hits is very low. Yeah. No, that's true. I don't know. I mean, the Spider-Man may be a little bit different because that one has a whole another bag uh, about it that I'm a bit miffed with that kind of um, messed up. I, I think it, they, they're they kind of messing themselves over because of this in a way, um, because uh, I don't uh, because with the web slingers, you can only ride it once in the whole day. Yeah. And I was like, like not even twice. Like I, I understand limiting it, but I would at least want to ride it, like have the chance to ride it twice. Well, again, this is the same thing with Rise, right? Like it's be, good luck getting to, like mm-hmm. I've yet to hear the person that's been able to snag two boarding passes, either because they've been, you know, uh, they've just been locked out because they haven't ridden their first one yet or because they've been lucky enough to just, luck into two yeah i mean but the thing for me was that i was thinking is that like about the power bands now i was considering getting the power band so but do you want to let's just hop right into that we we can we can hop right into avengers camps i just want to make sure that we give the the context in terms of power bands before we uh we get into that so but yeah, because I do want to talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, right. So now we have this Avengers Campus opening up. The big kind of, uh, the big sort of at least ride experience with Avengers Campus is this Web Slingers. We've been talking about it. It's got virtual queue. Not only does it have virtual queue, though, but we found out uh, when a couple of weeks ago when they started talking about the merch with the park that, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a completely virtual sort of ride experience where your motions of shooting webs that your arms are making is sync is being uh rec- is being um what would you say recorded tracked. or uh tracked what your there you go it's being tracked. your motions are being tracked thank you and uh and so you know you're able to act and react to what's going on with the screen but we also found out that uh not only can you just and it's all score based very similar to Toy Story Midway Mania but you can also upgrade. You can purchase upgrades, right? So they've got the uh, they've got the kind of like base power band, which costs thirty dollars. But then you've got the on top of that, uh, you've got you can add themed kind of power upgrades to that. So you can add like Spider Man upgrades that where you can shoot like electric webs or 
Iron Man upgrades where you can shoot kind of like power blasts, right? Uh, repulsors. Yes. Uh, Thank you for correcting me with the, with the Marvel <laughs> vernacular. Yeah. I, I needed that. Um, uh, I'm going to be, when I'm, I'm going to be down at, uh, I'm going to be down at Avengers campus on Tuesday and I'm going to be texting Henry like a madman asking him to explain what it is I'm looking at or what I just saw because it won't make any sense to me. But anyway, yeah. So this idea that like you can, um, that for $60, basically, if you get the, uh, upgrades and the power bands themselves, you can get, uh, it's sort of like a play to win or, a uh, you know, I don't know what would you say, uh, micro transactions for theme park rides. Uh, crazy concept, weird concept. But anyway, so you were saying about power bands. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know if I'd say it's a, a pay to win situation, but it's a way for you to change your experience on the ride. So the, but of course the problem I see is that, you know, maybe this is the QA in me is that I want to know what the base experience is before I, you know, pony up money to, for this power bands, because I mean, you know, given I'm sure I'll enjoy it without the power bands, but it's like I want to know what it was like without the power bands, and then I want to, you know, then I want to experience it with the power band. But when the with the current system, you can only ride it once. Why would I buy the power bands before I know what the base experience is? So, like, I don't, I won't even have the chance either. I'll either have the power band when I go into it, and that'll just be the experience from then on because of course every time i write it i'm going to use the power band i bought it uh so i don't know what the uh i or i just go in and i just go to the base experience so basically they kind of the way i'm gonna i'm not gonna buy the power band right off the bat so (laughs) uh i want to know what it's like before i get the power band so maybe on my next visit you know, I'll get the power band, but I'm not going to get it this time. So they basically have made it so that they're not going to get that money out of me this time around. Well, well, and Henry, what if you are not one of the lucky people that get a boarding pass to ride? Like this is, this is, this was my kind of feeling towards it. And honestly, where my kind of anxiety is, I'm starting to feel it already is, you know, with this current with the current boarding process in place, it's quite possible, if not probable, that if, you know, you're not immediately on the money with these boarding pass systems, you just won't be able to get one and won't ride, even with two windows open at yeah. 7 a.m. and at 12. You may not, you you could spend the day at DCA, not get a boarding pass. And you wouldn't be able to ride like that is that I think that's the, you know, we were talking about just the virtual queue and and the, the kind of challenge maybe that is inserted with this, uh, with this virtual queue system like that, I think is where it's sort of just a major headache to me is now all of a sudden, now that you have, you know, three rides that are utilizing it. There is the potential that you have three rides that no matter what you do, you can't ride if you don't act in like a very specific way and kind of luck out, right? Yeah. Well, honestly, like 
the more we discuss this, the more I'm finding out, uh, thinking that the whole setup of going to Disneyland at this point is just there's so much anxiety around this whole uh, a whole a trip, like to get a park reservation. No, not just buying tickets, but buying tickets, get a park reservation for the day that for the park you want on the day you want to go, then being able to get like reservations for a place to eat will you be able to eat while you're at the park and then when you go to the park will you be able to ride a ride (laughs) you know it's like there's so much uncertainty and so much like anxiety around a trip now to disneyland it's just i don't know it's like i i I think they need to really like consider how much anxiety they are causing people for a trip i don't know at this point it's starting to feel like at first, I was excited to go, but the more I keep hearing all this stuff, less I'm, I mean, I guess I'm still excited, but less, for some reason, I don't feel like I'm I'm as excited as I should be, you know, for this trip. Mm, yeah. No, I I, uh, I understand the, the idea just because, or I understand what you're saying, just because, again, like the thought of going down to you know Disneyland Resort really I'm going down there for the express purposes of checking out both the ride and the land and that just no matter what I do no matter how early I show up no matter how long I'm willing to wait in line I don't get a slam dunk at those boarding pass times and of course the people are saying hey those uh those initial morning boarding passes sold out all gone within the first like three seconds. <clears throat> Similar thing for that noon boarding pass. Um, and at least I th- also think back to Rise of the Resistance where I had two days at Disneyland. I was able to get two boarding passes. The first day I was able to ride. The second day there were so many breakdowns. They never got to my number. Sorry. I've also noticed I've been trying to keep an eye on things. There have been days more than one day where either Rise of the Resistance doesn't start loading people until like 2 or 3 p.m. Or there was a day where they just were like, sorry, not open today. Mm. So you that could be your day at Disneyland. Forget about it. Yeah. You're just not riding Rise of the Resistance, which I guess could happen with any ride, right? But still, it's just like, oh, man, it is. You're right. Like it's, it's adding a lot of anxiety to it, which is a bummer. And, you know, I mean, let's just talk about a vendor's campus just in general, right? Because like I said, it's new, it's 48 hours old, seen like, you know, the, the press briefings of it, we actually have now reports, people that have been able to check out the land, um, give their feedback, give their thoughts. And, you know, the um without even getting into the land itself i'm i'm of course very curious of your thoughts on it you being the the kind of uh the marvel maven if you will did you like that was that good <laughs> yeah that's fine um I, i'm very curious what you think about that but you know everyone's thoughts and everyone's excitement for me and again like i can be a little i can be a bit of a pessimist sometimes when it comes to this i can get bummed out really easy But, you know, they announced right before the land opened to the public that, hey, this is how we're going to control people, just the flow of people into Avengers Campus. We are going to have a standby queue at the entrance, at the main entrance, 
which is very different from how they handled Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's Edge, initially, their plan was to have a boarding pass system just to enter the land, right? Mm -hmm. So basically, hey, the land is full. Go to your app, get a boarding pass. We'll tell you when to come back and when it's your turn into the land. So go out, enjoy the rest of the park for the rest of the day. When it's your turn, you'll get a notification. Return, enjoy the land. Um, and of course, if you remember with Galaxy's Edge, they only needed to use that for like half a day because it was much less, <laughs> was much less kind of flow of people than they were expecting. That's a different issue. Yeah. So one has to expect that they went through that and assumed like, hey, it's going to be like this again with Avengers Campus. I don't know. That That's just my guess. Because uh, basically what they did is, yes, yeah, said, hey, now you're just going to have to wait in a long line. And by long line, the last two days, and again, like it's brand new, it's fresh, I get it. But still, it's been like four to five hours waiting in a standby line <laughs> just to get into the land. Now, of course, if you have a boarding pass to get onto the Spider-Man ride, you'll be allowed in. What you won't be allowed in for is if you have a mobile order for the Pim's Test Kitchen or for the shawarma, you know, uh, uh, truck, stand, whatever yeah. it is, or for Terran Treats or any of that kind of stuff. Supposedly, the first day they were allowing that, uh, today, Saturday, mm -hmm. they were not. So who knows? Could change. But still... The idea that like, oh, you can't even place a mobile order until you're in the land <laughs> is like, what? So for me, this kind of this kind of feedback, this sort of news, sort of disappointment at least, overshadowed a lot of the positivity coming out of the land. And it kind of bummed me out, man. I gotta be honest. Yeah, I mean, there's just I mean, this is just going, you know, taking it further, the, you know, the whole frustration of like their rules and stuff of like, you know, you know, making these like, like the mobile orders and stuff, just this whole, the problems behind mobile orders and, and whatnot um, just makes it all the more frustrating and stuff. So, and how they're not necessarily, uh, how things are clear, I guess, to people. So, uh, you know, if you, it's just, again, more anxiety about a trip. So like your trip to Disneyland no longer is going to be as, uh, you know, it's not going to be a fun, uh, as fun of experience. You know, they talk about having, you know, uh, a trip to Disneyland is supposed to be, you know, about fun, but now it's all about like, you know, your fun is going to be based off of like how well, how organized you are <laughs> and, and how much you can mitigate your anxiety to like get everything, you know, done that you want to get done, you know? So I don't know. It's, well, it's just like, Go ahead. Yeah, it's just going to be like, I don't know. It, they need to get this feedback, you know, but I don't know if they're necessarily listening. 
Part <laughs> <laughs> of me hopes they're not listening. I don't. I don't need my name on a list of people not to allow entry to. No. Uh, <laughs> no. I, your name's on the list, big guy. But you. That's because. That's because you collect a paycheck from uh, from the House of Mouse. But anyway. Um, yeah. Like, it, it, just think of the irony, though. The idea of having a virtual queue is to avoid people <laughs> lining up like massive lines, right? Yeah. And so instead, what you do is you create a massive line of people just to get into the land, not even ride the ride. You just basically say, hey, uh, you've got 12 hours of the park right now. 30 of your time is going to be spent just waiting to get into the land. And by the time you show up, Mobile mobile order entries are, you know, mobile order food entries are going to be gone. So you'll walk around, you'll you'll hit up the store, maybe. Um, the other crazy thing, too, <laughs> this cracked me up as well. So uh, we know that Guardians of the Galaxy, the big joke of that was that, uh, you know, that is the technically the second ride within Avengers Campus, right? They were like, hey. Here's our attractions for Avengers Campus. You have Web Slingers, you have the upcoming e-ticket Quinjet ride, and then you've got Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. I was like, yeah, all right, that's been around since 2015, so no big deal. But the thing is, because it's technically a part of Avengers Campus, you cannot access it unless you wait in that four-hour line. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> that seems so nuts, man. Like, I, I imagine... Once things die down, it'll be great. It makes sense. It'll be fantastic. But uh, that just is like, that seems wild to me. It's like, I can't even ride, you know, a mission breakout. I can't even hit up the old Tower of Terror unless I uh, either have a boarding pass or wait for a third of my time in the park within this uh, super long line. So that, yeah, what a mess. But anyway. Yeah. But then again, they may be, you know, this may be, you know, while we complain about it, you know, it is getting them press for it. So I imagine, you know, there's that, you know, even bad press is good press idea. So they're being talked about. So I imagine, you know, this this is going to go on for a bit and maybe they'll finally put like a, uh, uh, they'll actually do something about it. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> True. But, but so that's now that the negative stuff is out of the way, let's actually talk about how cool Marvel, uh, Marvel Avenger campus is. What is your, what were your kind of initial thoughts when you start when, you know, they started doing the walkthroughs and had that cool splashy uh, kind of uh, land introduction with Kevin Feige and the Avengers and everybody like that. And, yeah, I don't know, man. What, what's your take currently right now? Right now, I mean, it it I mean, it, it looks like they they you know, there's a lot of like stuff that they put in there. Um I do get a lot of like, you know, you know, Galaxy's Edge vibes from it, but it looks like uh some of the things that I've actually seen from it as far as like one thing that at least they're doing more of which I had wished that they did more of with um with uh, galaxy's edge is that they're doing more kind of like performances so you yeah. see you actually see the characters that you know to make it feel like where you're at is where you're at <laughs> you know you're actually yeah. on avengers campus not just 
in a theme park where there's Avengers Campus at. Um, so that's that's cool. I mean, it's it's kind of tricky. Like it's you know since it's Avengers Campus and not necessarily like a, a location in the comic books type thing. Where I mean, admittedly, that would be kind of tricky to have as well, just because you know the comic books just happen in. You know, most of them happen in New York City, uh, so it it would it doesn't feel like necessarily like um, you know there's nothing to really visible visually to say like yeah this is this is in the comic books you don't have that kind of like feeling about it, but I do like the fact that they have the you know the um, actual performances uh from what i've seen there's a lot of like little like uh little um cute little easter eggs around the the campus to for people who are like paying attention you don't necessarily even have to be a fan of the comic books to kind of catch these things which is good because uh i'm sure a lot of people would miss them even more so than um but uh and the f- food is getting like pretty good reviews. Uh, so, you know, everything seems kind of way I expected it would be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you the, I think the biggest surprise, well, actually uh, the big questions that I had were, uh, what was the Dr. Strange show actually going to be? Right? Like, we knew it was going to be present. There was, like, this inner sanctum area. It was going to be some kind of Doctor Strange thing. Mm-hmm. But no idea what it was actually going to be. It turns out it's like a it's like a, it's like like a a glorified kind of, like, magic show, which is kind of cool. There's doesn't seem like there's, like, a ton of audience interaction. Um, but, uh, but it makes sense, right? Like, if there was... That's, that's, that's a good use of the character, I feel like. Uh, and a lot of, at least from the the few clips that I saw, there's a lot of creative uses of uh, of uh, some cool imagineering techniques that are also kind of like right up in your face. Um, it just looks like a very cool area too. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other big thing that really caught my eye, I saw multiple people comment that the chicken shawarma, I believe it's called. What is it? New York's finest, something like that. Hmm. Something like that. Anyway, whatever the chicken swarm is called, it was comparable, if not better, to the Ronto wrap. <laughs> Henry, that is exciting. That's what I wanted to hear. Really, really excited about that. Well, that's interesting that you bring that up because uh, you know we were the the wife and I were talking about it, and um, she off the bat said that she's not going to like the shawarma. <laughs> mm. But but I think she actually was kind of saying that the the breakfast shawarma was a possibility. But she basically mm. but she did say felt felt like uh, there's something in the cuz I think what shawarma has like cucumber something in it and she, on the sauce that you put on yes. that is on the side that you can put on it does yeah. Yeah. So that would be a, a no-go for her. So we'll have to see. I mean, I'm definitely gonna, going to check it out myself for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I plan on having at least that. We've already talked about what we plan on eating. Uh, 
<laughs> so good. Sounds like that's necessary. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, but uh, I mean, eh, I guess it's a good thing that at least there's something like you know we're looking, we're definitely looking forward to something we can possibly do in uh, Avengers Campus, even if we can't ride uh, Web Slingers, which would be a total like you know. Oh man, that would that would really ruin our trip if we can't ride uh, Web Slingers once. Uh, well, we would only be able to ride it the once, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so the, at least there's the food to look forward to. I'm actually looking forward to the uh, the soda, the Pingo Dose. Uh, oh yeah, I want to. Ch- Are you going to get the huge oversized can? I was thinking about it, but I don't know. You know, because those <laughs> those things are awesome while you're at the park, but then I rarely ever use those type of things outside. So I need to like check it out. I want to yeah. like really like see how it is because I don't I really get dis- like you know disappointed if I in myself if I bring it home and I never use it. But I might actually use it. I don't know. We'll see. It, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a tempting thing. I definitely want to try the soda. <laughs> As long as it's yeah, not yeah. tainted with uh, gamma radiation. <laughs> there you go. Uh, another interesting thing that I thought uh, was, I don't know if a miss is the right word, but it was I found it strange. Uh, a lot of people were commenting that, you know, there are so many locations now that uh, that Avengers campus and just Avengers kind of merch is being sold throughout kind of the Disney complex now. I guess it's at that stage 17, uh, which is that sort of, you know, uh, connected, but you can still enter it without actually going to the park uh, area of DCA that has a bunch of merch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess they're selling Avengers merch. Obviously, World of Disney is selling Avengers merch. I guess there is, there are only a couple of items that are only specifically unique to Avengers Academy. Seems like a bummer, especially coming off of, it was like one of the cooler aspects of Galaxy's Edge. I mean, I could see if you're Disney, it's kind of a bummer that there's only, you have to create very specific merch that can only be sold in one area of the park. But still, it was like a cool little thing that like, oh, if you were looking for this one item, you could only find it in Galaxy's Edge. Or, you know, if you were out in the out 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 and about on your day-to-day life and people were like, whoa, where'd you get that? Can you get it online? It's like, no, nah, man, you got to get it in the park. Uh, that was a cool aspect to Galaxy's Edge that seems like, at least from the surface, and at least as of now, isn't really the case for uh, Avengers Campus. Well, I mean, you just talking about, I mean, I know there's some merch that you can only get in the park, but I mean, I don't have a problem, you know, them selling uh, merchandise, Avengers uh, campus merchandise and other stores in the park. Um, totally. Uh, that's fine. Uh, I don't, you know, especially considering the situation of trying to get into Avengers campus. Um, I don't know. Well, that's also why it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know if I'm necessarily like, you know, super, uh, on board with like just, you know, limiting items to the park only. I mean, I I did see some stuff that for sure that is, you know, they had some Funko Pops that you could only get uh, in Avengers Campus, which is, I guess that's fine. Um, But I don't know. Uh, You know, 
since I don't buy, I personally don't buy myself a lot of merch. Uh, most of the merch is, is bought by, <laughs> by me for the wife. So, um, I don't know. I I think I'm fine with being able to buy the merch online. It just makes things easier than having to go to the the park itself. But I don't know. Fair enough, man. Well, so uh, all of that being said, what is your excitement level for Avengers Campus right now? You know... I wish I wish it was like out of like a scale of one to five, I wish it was a five. But right yeah. now I, I would say it's at about a three. It yeah. Should, it should be at five, but it's at three. There's just the the food situation, uh the availability of Avengers of Avengers Campus and the and the limiting situation on uh you know web slingers are like hitting or hurting that, you know, all that. So, I mean, yeah, it, it still does sting, man. When a new land opens up it like this tiered opening that they, uh, that they started with galaxy's edge of like, Hey, you know, yeah, we're going to have a ride that's open right now. It's not going to be the big thing. The big thing's coming, but you'll have something and it's new and it's something. But really, you want to wait for the big thing, right? Like that was the case with Smuggler's Run, uh, where it was like, "Yeah, this is this is cool. It's cool. It's not like amazing, but it's cool." Uh, and I, it kind of was a very sort of disappointing introduction. That it was like, "Yeah, yes, all right." Um, for Galaxy's Edge, and then Rise came out, and everyone was talking about Rise being like this big thing, and yeah, it was a very cool ride. Um, but, uh, but you did have that, whatever it was like a year in between that was kind of like, hmm, all right, well, when's this thing going to get moving? I, I kind of am getting a sense that some, a lot of people are feeling that way about Avengers campus as well, where, um, you know, when they started talking about web slinger, Spider-Man ride, they, uh, a lot of people were feeling like, man, this sure sounds a whole lot like what we already have at Midway Mania, uh, not that far down at Pixar Pier. And, you know, there's a lot of like, nah, but it's got all this new technology and it's got like, you know, eh, Spider-Man and it's totally different. And it's like, the more we heard about it uh, and then eventually, you know, we're introduced to it. It's like, it's, it's like the next, it's like V2 of Midway Mania, yeah. basically. <laughs> right? So, uh, which, like, on the surface, I can't help but be a little bit disappointed about. I also, uh, I can't help but point out there was, uh, I wish I could remember if it was Reddit or if it was uh, on Facebook, one of the Facebook groups. Someone called out the fact, like, how bizarre is it that we live in a world right now where Universal Studios Hollywood is the park with the new ride with, like, complete physical sets and, you know, a, a, a brand new dark ride completely with physical sets. And Disneyland is the park with the new ride that's completely screens. <laughs> like, what a, what a world do we live in right now? Like, how, how wild is that? It's like they've, uh, they've done a little switcheroo here, but. Well, I, I mean, I, I think that just goes to show you that uh, 
I, I guess like we've always kind of like uh, I want to say like Universal's was always kind of the underdog and yeah. And now they've really upped their game and they're like, yeah. they've come out punching and they're not holding back. While as uh, Disney, I think, is definitely playing it safe. Um, I mean, but you, we don't know what the, you know, the Quinjet ride is going to be like. So I mean, sure. I'm not going to say like, but just who knows when that's going to be. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Uh, but, you know, at least. I mean, it's a great world we live in where, you know, you know, Universal Studios is upping their game, you know. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, totally. It's not. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's a great, great place to be for sure. Competition, especially for uh, for this high end theme parks is is definitely a great thing. But uh, but like I said, it's it's um, at least I feel like with Rise of the Resistance, we had a date when that was going to come. Or not a date, but it was like a timeline. Hey, it's going to come out a year later. We definitely don't have that for the Quinjet ride. Um, I'm guessing that COVID probably and the closures didn't help things very much. Um, but the question is, of course, going to be how long in between this opening and that ride are we going to have to wait? And are we going to see a similar kind of drop off and sort of, uh, you know, dip in enthusiasm with the Avengers Campus that we saw with, um, that we saw with Galaxy's Edge? I, I, my sense would be yes, right? Oh yeah, I <laughs> like, I, I definitely agree. Uh, I think we're definitely yeah. going to see like a, a you know, a, sharp a, a drop in interest just yeah. because. I mean, it's like literally they had you know, Galaxy's Edge opening. And I think they've tried to mitigate some of that with having more performances. But if you look at, like, without the performances, it's the same, like, the same situation. They have Avengers Campus is just like Galaxy's Edge. It's not like a locale that people can actually look at and go, this is what I saw when I looked at the MCU universe. Like, I saw this. This is this is exactly like I feel like I'm in the world of Marvel. Uh, same as with Star Wars is like they instead of taking a actual locale that people have seen in the movies, they said, we're going to go and do something some other place that's completely like new and stuff. And we're going to put people in that. So people don't have that nostalgic feeling for these lands so there's not that nostalgia that people are drawn to these places to so then they have to create like some new experience but they only have like one two rides in that area and then you have merch and and one place to eat and one place to drink and you're going to be limited to those things or you know it's like come to this land and, and spend money and you can ride one ride. <laughs> it was like, that's a very limited experience compared to like, you know, these other lands like cars land, which definitely feels like you're in the movie. It's very nostalgic because you've seen that location in the movie and you had three rides, you know, in the area. So. And you know. it's like very focused, right? Like I think that's where, Cars Land is like get so much praise is it's like a very focused slice of what they're offering right it's not very big it's not sprawling it's like a strip <laughs> right yeah 
and they deliver on, yeah, make you feel like you're in Radiator Springs and give you a, give you a handful of experiences anchored by one big experience, which is Radiator Springs Racers, mm-hmm. that really deliver on, you know, the experience of being kind of within this kind of Cars universe. And, uh, you know, again, you think of Galaxy's Edge, the big criticism that people had was, yeah, not, uh, uh, you know, the rides are just kind of, or specifically when it opened, Smuggler's Run is okay. But really, you know, the major, it still gets this criticism that it feels as much about the shopping and in a lesser extent, the food than it is the rides and the overall experience, right? Like, yeah. I remember people talking ad nauseum about how Galaxy's Edge felt like a glorified shopping mall, right? Because yeah. you have the the market area there. Um, and it's like hard to dispute. And and I kind of felt similar about, uh, I, I felt uh, that Avengers Campus was handled in a very similar way where we heard just as much, if not more, about spider bots and you know the food, especially at the Pim Test Kitchen, yeah. Then, uh, then we saw about the ride, or certainly again, like we don't know anything about the Quinjet experience, but it seemed like that's where they were placing the focus. Yeah. No, you know that is an excellent point because you know as you're thank you Henry as Please, you were talking you about so this, you know when I think about like Cars Land. I think of all the, I, I think of the rides, I think of the atmosphere and, uh, and just being, you know, and the nostalgia of it. There's three or four things I think about before I even think, I don't even think about shopping there. I go into the yeah. shops when I'm there. I definitely go into the shops when I'm there and we definitely eat something when we're there, but I don't, those aren't the things that I think of the first. That's like fifth or sixth down the list of the things that I think about, you know, I don't know if that says that like the food isn't very good. I always get like a pickle around there and, and then, uh, <laughs> and, uh, the wife likes the slow burning, uh, macaroni and cheese over in the, uh, the cozy cones. So, uh, yeah, so th- it's well themed at least the restaurants. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, so we do buy stuff I mean, we do buy food in there, but it's like, you know, when you think of like Galaxy's Edge, I don't think about like, I don't think about being be nostalgic. Um, I actually think of the food and, and I think of the merchandise that they sell there. Not that I'm going to buy the merchandise, but it's the first thing that comes to mind is that, oh, yeah. yeah, that's where you can build a droid. That's where you can build a lightsaber. You can buy lightsabers. And then I think of like the only thing I might actually spend feel like I might actually spend money on in there is, is food. You know, that's something I'm probably definitely going to buy, which is, I mean, I guess that's good that I think of the food there, which means that it's good food, I guess. But it also means that nothing else is really standing. I mean, the experience of being there, the nostalgia of being in there, you know, isn't, isn't there, I guess it's, it's, I think it's disappointing in the fact that you have an example like cars land, but they definitely, when they made these new two lands, it's like, well, we don't want them thinking about like having fun. We don't want them thinking about the atmosphere. We want them thinking about buying merch and buying food, but then that's also 
kind of a deterrent of a way of not like, you know, really looking forward to going to that land as much. You know, it's kind of like, eh, you know, I don't really feel like I'm not going to buy myself some merch. I rarely buy myself. I don't buy myself merch when I go to the park. Uh, so there's not going to be much for me in this, in this area, you know? So, no. Well, we'll see, man. I, uh, I'm still looking forward to Avengers land. I think, yeah, three uh, and uh, by Avengers land, I mean, Avengers campus. Yeah. I, I think the three out of five is about where I'm at two. Maybe it will go to a four out of five. If I can, uh, lock in a boarding pass for web slingers, we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I'm still looking forward to it. I definitely want to try the shawarma. I definitely want to, uh, yeah, just be in there. I mean, there is an excitement and a buzz and, and a really cool feeling about being in a new land and especially like opening week, uh, is, is really exciting. Uh, once you get through all the crowds and <laughs> just kind of general, uh, you know, hustle and bustle around it, but yeah, we'll see, man. I am looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward on uh, reporting back to you, big guy. Yeah, I guess uh, it'll be an interesting. Uh, I guess this week is going to be interesting to hear about uh, the the really hands on experience of being there. I mean, so far I've watched a bit about the the food and everything, and everybody seems to like it, and uh, so at least the food should be good, and you should be able to get some of that hopefully at some point. <laughs> In your day, I'm bringing you back a giant can of Pingo Dose. <laughs> no, I'm going to go get my own. <laughs> You'll have two. You'll be able to walk around with two. That'll be epic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch the Great Park Hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, hopefully enjoying the podcast, so don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. It's been episode 53 of the Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you in two weeks where we'll be able to talk all about Avengers Campus and what it's like in person. Until then, stay healthy, everybody. Henry, take care, big guy. You too. Dude, wish me luck. Good luck, man. (laughs) Stay healthy, everybody. Bye. Bye.